This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler fans. I'm your host, G Stryker, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. Today, we get to have some fun. Since we have Steeler fan and comedian from Barstool Sports, Joey Molinero. Joey, may the fourth be with you. Hey, what's happening, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, good morning. Hello to all the Steelers fans out there. I don't know how you're going to be celebrating uh, May the 4th, but I know I'll have the, the movies and the Mandalorian documentary on the loop, and uh, I'm very, very excited about it. Big big day in my house. Big day. Nice. Love the Mandalorian. Being a Star Wars fan growing up, I've been searching for that universe that I grew up in. I'm, I'm, an, I'm probably much older than you are, <laughs> but uh, I grew up in the 70s and 80s around Star Wars, and um, just watching the Mandalorian has just been a fun way for me to see that universe kind of shown again the way that I remembered it as a kid. Yeah, definitely. It's been, I think, uh, pretty much universally loved, too. I mean, I haven't really seen too much uh, hate or negativity towards towards it, which is refreshing in the Star Wars universe, for sure. <laughs> Especially when a movie comes <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. So where, yeah. Did, where did you grow up then? I grew up in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Indiana. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm still living here right now. Um, that's that's uh, probably good to set the record straight for all the Steelers fans out there in PA uh-huh. uh, that uh, I get that question pretty often. You know, well, well how are you a Steelers fan? Yep. Why are you a Steelers fan? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the the culture in town, everything like that. Um, but but my dad, uh, you know, he grew up in Indianapolis um, during the '70s, uh-huh. and obviously. There, there wasn't the Colts, no team, yeah, and the Steelers were, you know, the the world's team, like they still are today. So mm. he started rolling, he started rolling with them, and mm. it just stuck. And so now it's it's a, a total family affair for us here. Nice. Did you go to college in Indiana as well? I did. I went to uh, University of Indianapolis. So it's just a huh. a small D two school, um, about ten minutes south of, of downtown. Nice. What did you study there? Uh, just, I think it was, I mean, geez, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they call it the BS of communications and that's, that's, yeah. uh, you know, the, for bachelor of science, but I, I'd say it's for something else really just cause my, uh, my college career was spent, uh, making videos and talking on the radio and somehow they gave me a degree for it. So, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I think it was, uh, electronic media is what they officially called it. Oh, neat. So it was yeah. just like the, the, yeah, the study of, you know, basically telecommunications, you know, just a different, different form of that. Um, so I graduated from there in, in 2016 with mm. a, a BS in that. And then you were able to take that degree then and roll it right into a radio career because you started working in radio, I assume, pretty soon after college or during college as well. Yeah, so that's one of the benefits um, about like 
nice old pub here for for University of Indianapolis. I guess <laughs> if anybody's out there looking to, yeah. There, but it, like I said, it's about ten minutes south of uh, downtown Indy. So what's okay. good about it is that it opens up a lot of opportunities for you know uh, a college kid to get internships at cool places or part-time jobs mm-hmm. you know in the business and so I was able to do that like my junior year I started working um, at, at our, our uh, big radio station downtown uh, just part-time you know grunt work like seven to midnight type of thing yeah um, but well, once a week but I got my foot in the door there and then I worked my way up uh, until about you know two months ago or so when I took a job at Barstool. Oh, that's great. And you've worked your way through, and I know both as a sports fan and uh, obviously being local too, being able to be a part of their local sports show on the Saturday mornings you were doing it before college football. Can you tell? Yeah. So that was, that was a big, that was a big project um, thing I was excited for is I finally, you know, still as one of the young guys there at the time, you know, I was able to pitch to them because we didn't really have a, a college football representative, mm-hmm. you know, on Saturdays. Yeah. And so I was like, shoot, I'd get up, you know, early in the morning and beat game day and, and just talk college football coming up for that day. And they were like, yeah, I'll give you an hour. So, you know, <laughs> they we got some sponsor to, you know, give me 50 bucks a week or whatever to yeah. um, have my college football show. And I did that from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Saturday morning. And nice. It was a blast. I, I, yeah, I had one of uh, our, our local sports reporters in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Taylor. Uh, be on there with me. And, and we just, you know, bantered back and forth about college ball. And it was great. Nice. Did you incorporate any college? Uh, co- did you incorporate any comedy bits in that show as well is that where you started kind of riffing and, and um, having fun with it not not as much mm. uh you know I, I like to try to you know be as diverse as i can so yeah. that you know i knew that that eight to nine a.m there uh was was my time to lead a show to host a show to talk ball to show i could be knowledgeable about that to interview people yeah um and, and, you know, every now and then I would I would throw in an impression or something like that, you know, especially if we were talking about LSU or, or Alabama or, or whoever. Um, hmm. But other than that, it was mostly just, hey, we're going to talk ball. I mean, because I love college football. I mean, obviously, you know, I, it, it's a, a big, big thing for me. So I was ready to I was ready to just talk some ball for that hour on Saturday mornings. Nice. And. Obviously, your impressions and everything are blowing up on your social media accounts, your Twitter, your Instagram, etc. At Jolie Molinaro, and what what got you into comedy in the first place? Oof, I mean, I've you know that's that's been um, that's been a, a passion of mine, a, a goal of mine for a long time. You know, when I when I got into um, sports media and, and broadcasting, you know, the thought was always, okay, I, th- this is a way that I could, uh, you know, get recognition, get my name out there and then, and then sort of parlay that into, um, being entertaining, you know, being, being an entertainer, you know, yeah. I was like David Letter- David Letterman is, um, oh, from big. Indianapolis. Yep. Yep. Uh, so a, a big example of that is, you know, he didn't start out in comedy really. He was in 
you know, broadcast news yeah. and was a weatherman on TV. Yeah. Neat. And, you know, he was doing that, but then he was just, you know, crack jokes and people found him entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, that, that, that's a good way. I think that I could, I could, you know, have a reliable you know, income and then tell my parents I'm doing some good stuff, <laughs> but then also try to work, work my way into the entertainment field. Um, mm-hmm. So really, since I was a kid, you know, whether it be David Letterman or Adam Sandler or Frank Caliendo or, mm. I mean, just, you know, Dave Chappelle, just a wide variety of people who, you know, were like, oh, man, I want to I want to do that someday. Um, so then once I got out of college and even during college, when I was, again, going for that broadcasting, you know, field and everything like that, I always mm. had in the back of my head. All right. How do I how do I parlay this? How do I turn this into what I really want to do? And then, um, you know, over the last year and a half or so, that's really been the case is on the side, I would do these little skits or I do impressions and things like that. And um, down, worked my way into having to be my full time job. So it's, 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 I've been very lucky. It's, it's worked out pretty well. That's fantastic. And have you ever done stand up before or you strictly use a, utilize social media and radio for your out for your outlets? Yeah, I, I have. I've done stand up. I, I appreciate the hell out of stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the writing part of stand up. It's it's a man. It's an interesting beast. Yeah, uh, stand up comedy is. You know, because mm-hmm. you know when you when you think you're sitting on gold, uh, and then you go up there and you know you get maybe a chuckle. Yeah. Um, from the audience that, yeah. that that you when you're you're spewing a bit that you think is gold, mm. um, you know that humbles you pretty quickly. Uh, mm. so it's something that I want to continue to work on, but you know it's just a an interesting world out there now. You know where uh, you have people on TikTok who mm. um, do dances and voice over people who have you know uh, eight million followers. Yeah. And that kind of is like well, why am I going to go up on a stage in front of eight people on a Tuesday <laughs> night and try to prove myself yeah. when I could do things like this and gain a following? You know, so it, 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 um, I think there will always be a place for stand-up. I hope there's always a place for stand-up. Uh-huh. I appreciate the hell out of people who do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now, it, 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 uh, to be frank, it kind of seems like it's going to be an outdated type of um, art you know, just because of all the outlets that everybody has mm-hmm. to get seen, to get noticed. Um, so I, I don't do stand up that often, but uh, yeah, that's long winded, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just rambling now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. Cause, and it seems like stand up comedy goes in cycles too. Cause it was really big in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, really big also in the early, like, early 80s and then you have some dead periods where it's just not as as big and you get all these big comedians that come out from the stand-up scenes and most recently i mean we've had a really good run here of stand-up comedians within the past eight to ten years um that have really been getting some nice notoriety and then coming up through the ranks just strictly from stand-up comedy um but you're saying it, like but there is an ebb and flow to stand-up comedy and it seems just like kind of like the wwe when it used to be called the wwf before the panda people like scared them out of talking about the, <laughs> utilizing their uh their yeah. their letters and uh whereas like you have these instances where you have these guys that are just phenomenal and everybody just gets doesn't matter if you're a fan of professional wrestling or not they just bring you into the sport so you have like you know every 10 15 years you have these runs of guys that are just impossible to ignore so like, i think stand-up comedy is kind of the same sure. way yeah yeah, so I mean, I, um, it's something like I said. I think the writing aspect is huge. I mean, getting on stage and 
Mm. Performing in front of people is huge, but it's, uh, you know, it's just something that I haven't tackled fully yet. Yeah. And what are your favorite impressions to do? Oh, um, you know, it's tough to be, it's tough to be coach. Joe. I'd say coach Joe and Andrew Luck. I mean, those are, those are kind of my babies. Those are, those are you know, <laughs> two that I've always, you know what I mean? Like yeah. your first loves, um, you know, so those are two that I think I do the best, you know, do, do really well. And then the two that I enjoy doing the most probably. So, um, you know, I do a good amount. I've, I've got a, a pretty uh, wide group of people that I, that I do and throw into sketch comedy and things like that. But yeah, those are, those are the two that, uh, you know, I have the most fun doing. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed your Andrew Luck. you not only do you, you know, have his cadence down and you have his content down, but even when you're writing to him, it, it, it you can actually picture Andrew Lux saying what the things that you're saying. It's, it's actually amazing. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, in my opinion, the underrated part of the impressions is, is yeah. becoming that character. You know what I mean? Be, yeah. Becoming, you know, what they would say, how they feel about things, what their thought process is. Um, you know, you know, wanting to be an actor someday and everything, I try to pride myself in, in getting into that character and not just, okay, you can sound like I'm sure if mm. someone's spewing you lines, but how are you going to improv off of, you know what I mean? How are you yeah. going to improv off of that character in a certain situation based on becoming them? You yes. know, so, so that, that's, that's really important to me and, and, you know, my little 30 second or minute long skits <laughs> that I do. But, uh. um, yeah, so I, I appreciate you noticing that. No, that's I'm a big, big fan of comedy. I grew up, you know, all the all the great stand up guys. I mean, geez, I even remember like Richard Pryor stand ups and old Cosby, oh, yeah. and old uh, Eddie Murphy, and, and all them growing sure. up. Like, <laughs> and then all through the years, I mean, I was just always a fan. They used to have a show actually on VH1 called Stand Up Spotlight, and it was hosted by uh, Rosie O'Donnell, and it had a bunch of great young comedians at the time that were on it and it was like Ellen DeGeneres and Paula Poundstone and Sinbad was on there so you had all these young people coming up through getting their first you know taste where we're like that was one of the avenues and uh oh gosh uh HBO used to have a show too um with um stand-ups that they used to throw show at the uh Oh gosh, the brick wall, the one the comedy club with the the brick wall behind them was the one that they always showed. Uh, the one in New York. Gosh, I'm, I'm laugh. Is that Laugh Factory? The, the, or is that? Uh... Well, yeah, I was gonna say the Laugh Factory or the the uh, shoot. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that. yeah, and I also was a huge, huge fan like yourself. Like anybody that reads up on you, listens to your interviews, talks about you about comedy. Uh, you know, eventually the conversation is going to go to Saturday Night Live, and I'm a huge, huge fan of all the generations of Saturday Night Live. So, talk to the Steeler fans about kind of like your love of Saturday Night Live and how that, how you kind of utilize the things that you saw on that show to to further what you do. Yeah, uh, I just I don't I I always looked at that as just like the the pinnacle. You know, I always just looked at that as the the pinnacle of okay it's the best way to uh mix um writing along with characters mm-hmm. and and you got to be quick on that show you know you got to yeah. you got to be able to have something happen on a monday turn it around uh by wednesday 
and then Saturday have a passable or a good version of what you're going to do. Yeah. And that's really difficult to do. Yes. You know, not a lot of people online don't understand that and yeah. people online don't understand pretty much anything to be <laughs> frank. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, uh, but, but that, that's really hard to do. So I, I just thought, you know, you look at, okay, once people make it to Saturday night live, mm-hmm. then they become stars, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, young Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, yep. uh, um, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, well, yeah. once you make it to there, then all of a sudden movies start happening. Then you have yeah. the freedom to do a TV show of your own. Then you're hosting the Tonight Show. Um, so yeah, I, I just looked at it as like that. That that's the peak. That's the pinnacle. And then, like I said, when I right now, what I when I take from that and try to do what I do is, mm-hmm. okay, um, you know, Tiger King is is really really big on Netflix. Okay, watch <laughs> yep. that show. And then, okay, and then two days later. Uh, you know, how are you incorporating this character, this crazy character into a skit and can you pull them off well enough? Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so that is all things that I look at is, you know, you got to be quick if something happens in the, in the world or in the news or entertainment or whatever it is, you know, you have to be able to hop on it in, in very little time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, that's a crazy skill that not a lot of people understand or appreciate or even under like realize yeah. what goes into it. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's it, man. I mean, that's that's my love for the show. That's why I think it's so great. That's why, um, you know, I try to incorporate that kind of stuff into into what I do on a daily basis. And who are your favorite people? Then you liked seeing on SNL. Oof. Um, gee, I'm like you. I mean, I I, I you know really all I, all of it. I I love. Um, yeah, you, know, you go back to the you know some of the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, cast, whether it be you know Dan Aykroyd or yeah. Gilda Radner or or Chevy Chase, yep. or you know, obviously Belushi, yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, then then you go uh, Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, yep. um, uh, Tim Meadows is, yep. is an underrated guy. Yeah. He was hilarious on there. Mm-hmm. Obviously Sandler and Farley. I yeah. mean Will Ferrell and Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. um, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Mooney right now. I mean, it's just, it, yeah, the list goes on and on, really. Yeah, it, it's, and you're right. It's There are so many different stars over different amounts of time that just resonate. And you just remember the characters that they did or the skits that they did or when they, when they, if some of the people I really remember also from hosting the news, you know, you had Chevy Chase and you had, uh, um, oh gosh, the guy that sure. used to, yeah, 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 and the the guy that used to do sports that uh, uses the big words. Why am I forgetting his name? <laughs> yeah, what's oh, uh, the guy was the guy who was on Monday Night Football? Miller? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, Miller, Dennis Miller. That's it. <laughs> Dennis Miller. There you go. Uh, yeah, even like a, another impressionist, Melissa Villasenor. She's on the current cast right now. Yeah. Um, so it's just you know, I, I mean, it's 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 the best. It really is. Yeah. Seth Meyers, Steelers fan. Yeah. You know? Oh, I didn't Tied know Seth was a Steeler fan. Oh, he's a huge Steelers fan. Yeah, <laughs> nice. big time. Yep. Nice. Um, so you're you got hired by Barstool Sports. So how did how did that entire job opportunity ha- happen for you? And how is the job coming along? Yeah. So uh, through all of this. This stuff, you know, over the last year or so, I was doing all, you know, uh, different videos and picking mm-hmm. up some more traction and everything. Um, 
uh, it all kind of came to a head uh, this past February when the combine, the NFL combine, was in town. Yeah, uh, was in Indy. That's right. You know, yeah. So, so I, I, I kind of lucked out. You know, the the whole sports media world, the whole NFL world, you know, was coming right to my uh, front door, yeah. like it did every year. But you know, th- this year was just different because, you know, um, of what you know what was going on. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, really, what happened before that week is I got a message from. Big Cat, uh, mm. Barstool Big Cat. Yeah. Um, and he was just like, hey, man, like, uh, we'd love to meet up with you, you know, when you're in town, blah, blah, blah. And I, I had reached out to their producer, Hank, to mm. because I was like, hey, I think that we could create some really good stuff if you guys have time here, like, you're doing really well, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he agreed. So then from that point on, and, and talking to Big Cat and talking to Hank, we, uh, you know, settled on a day and a time. Um, to, to get together. So we got together for a couple hours on like the Wednesday of the combine and we filmed a couple of skits together and then we just kind of, you know, hung out and talked for a little bit. And, and, uh, from there, big cat got my information and, and he sent my information over to uh, Dave Portnoy. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, from there, literally that night I was just having a phone conversation with Dave and, and we were talking about different things and different options and, and, um, you know, the, not the next week, but I think, no, I think actually maybe the next week, um, you know, me and my wife were flying out to New York, uh, to, to meet everybody and to see the offices and everything like that. And, and, um, you know, when we got out there, uh, I've told people, uh, you know, to Godfather's one of my favorite movies. And, you know, they just <laughs> made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. Yep. And, um, it was, uh, you know, it was just too good to pass up. And, and so, Early March, I accepted the role, and um, like I said, it's been about close to two months now that I've been on the job, and it's, I mean, it's just been a dream. Yeah, it, it truly, I would say it's like, uh, I, I would say Barcelona is like the uh, the internet version of SNL. I mean, it, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's everything I could want, the freedom to make videos, to have this cast of characters that can, you know, create with me, to mm. the freedom to be able to write and to, be able to represent, you know, the Steelers. And then, you know, I've already had interviews with Cam Hayward and Doc nice. Hodges. And, nice. Um, you know, it, it's been nice. A little niche there because they don't, they didn't really have any Steelers fans and, uh, you know, on their, on their cast, on their, on their crew at Barstool. Yeah. And so it's been nice that I've, I've been able to, to come in and just automatically have, have, you know, carve out a niche there uh to where Steelers fans are like, oh yes, finally like a fan that that, that Barstool that uh we can relate to, we can talk to and everything like that. So it's been great, man. I mean I I've I've loved it. And that brings all the Steeler Nation with you too once we start hearing all the great stuff you're doing over there, obviously. So while it's great that you got to talk to with Duck Hodges and Cameron Hayward as well, how were those conversations for you? Were they like interviews or were they part of um, some uh, some skits and some comedy routines that you did? Yeah, no, I, they, they they were mostly, you know, uh, again, I like to be diverse, so I like to show like an interview and I mm-hmm. know. Uh, just cause so often, you know, every, you know, every now and then you get people online again, people online don't know anything, but yeah. <laughs> it's annoying when, you know, people are, Oh, is this stick up? And I'm like, ah, I, what do you want me to do? Like, I, I, so I just like to show that I can do more than impersonate or whatever. So, um, I interviewed, yeah, I interviewed, uh, Cam and, 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 um, and duck and they're really just light, you know, they, you know, I like to have fun with them and talk to them about different things and joke around with them and, Cam was great. You know, he was just down in his, in his basement man cave and 
yeah. you know, showed me his artwork that he has down there and his, his, all of his awards that he has down there. And, you know, we were joking. I was like, Hey man, we gotta, we, get, we need to get you, uh, get you a little Lombardi down there, man. We gotta, we gotta yep. get this going. Um, <laughs> so that was Cam, Cam is the man. I mean, he's just, he's so good. And then, oh. um, I talked to duck last week. Uh, yeah. Last week. And oh. that conversation's up on, on Barstool sports. And, Great. Um, we talked for about 40 minutes and mm. talked from everything from what he's snacking on during quarantine to <laughs> what it's like hanging out with big Ben and, and, mm. and everything in between. So nice. they were both really, really cool. And those are all video interviews then? Yeah. Yeah. The cam one was just on Instagram live. So I didn't get to save all that one. Okay. But, gotcha. uh, uh, the, the duck Hodge one is, is up there under my page at, uh, at Barstool. Like I said, it's about 40 minutes and we just kind of, just kind of hung out and, and and talked for a little bit. So it was a lot of fun. Nice. So what did you think about the draft for the Steelers this year? I liked it. You know, I, oh. I, I, I think, um, obviously, you know, when you look at, uh, what they gave up last year to get, uh, Mika. Yeah. Um, yep. so I, I, I consider that to be, you know, you get Mika Fitzpatrick in the first round. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. you know, being, being from Indiana, yep. Um, I'm well well versed with Notre Dame. Yep. <laughs> my, my brother-in-law's a diehard Notre Dame fan. Um, nice. I mean, and the kid just tested off the charts. You yeah. Know, and, yeah. And yeah. At the I combine think, there. Yeah. Yeah, and you you watch highlights of him, and you see the stats of Notre Dame. You know, Ian Book is he's not an NFL quarterback, and, and and Chase put up those kind of numbers with him, and, and he won. Yeah, I think it was like some like ninety two percent of contested contested uh, wow. balls. You know? and, wow! Wow! So I, I hadn't heard that stat. That's an amazing stat, Joey. It's incredible, right? So I mean, you you think about um, a healthy Big Ben coming back and being able to have uh, a, a six foot four, four four forty. I mean, just jump ball freak. Yeah, with Chase Claypool, um, I love that. And then. Um, mm-hmm. I was, a, I was a big fan of of uh, the Kevin Dotson pick. Me too. To get a guy like that, the, yeah. To get a guy like that in the fourth round, I thought was incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and an American. Uh, and I was surprised that Kevin uh, was snubbed at the combine this year. Obviously, because he's such, from such a small school that I guess the the people that make the decisions don't even know that school exists being a Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette product, raging Cajun, but man, he and hunt who played on his right at right tackle. Both of those guys went pretty early in the draft. I think hunt went in the second round to Miami and then he ended up, ends up going to the Steelers in the fourth. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had some, uh, some good success with, uh, raging Cajuns, you know, shout out Ike Taylor. Uh, nice. Uh, I forgot about Ike being guy. a Raging Cajun. Great call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So hoping for big things. And yeah, I think it's, I like that pick on multiple levels. One, because uh, you know, I think he's going to be a really good player Two, because I think obviously with Ramon Foster, you know, hanging him up at the, yeah. uh, at the end of the year, you know, it's, um, it's good to have a player that you feel like you just kind of come in right away and, and you know, pay dividends and pick them up, especially in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, got the offensive line younger, got them better, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Um, the McFarland pick, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's, that's nice as well. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to team him up with, uh, uh, hopefully a healthy James Conner and Benny Snell. Yeah. You know, be able to have a backfield of, uh, diverse players that can do a lot of different things. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not gonna, you know, it wasn't like the, 
you know, the Cowboys or the Browns getting huge big name guys, but yeah. I mean, how, how often have we talked about the Browns in April or May and we see what yeah. happens every year. So um, I, I was excited about it. I was too. And it was nice to watch it. Well, a, I, I want to get your input on the format of the draft, which I thought was amazing. The uh, Actually, the MVP of the draft for me was day one. Both interviews by Colty, uh, Susie Colbert. Her hair was amazing. It's, it's beautifully <laughs> frizzed out. You know she had to do it herself. She had no product in the house, but she still killed yeah. the interviews because I think she did uh, – uh, Joe Exotic there, Joe Burrow, who was picked in the first pick, and she interviewed him, and then nice. she interviewed the other quarterback later on in the draft that went in the first. Who was that? That was uh... – oh, goodness, why am I drawing a pick? Uh, Herbert uh, Love. Love. Yep, she did Love as well. And love. and and her yeah. – just the, the way that the camera angle hit on her home phone, which is kind of like staticed out a little bit, which really highlighted all the, the, the flyaways that are all in her hair. It, just, it was like an amazing visual. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, um, you know, I was, I joked about it a lot, uh, leading up to it, just how I thought, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to be in a lot of trouble there. They, I thought, uh, you know, having 32, uh, guys who pride themselves on not knowing what email is to yeah. have to do an entire draft. that's yeah. so important, <laughs> uh, virtually was not going to be uh, a good thing, yeah. but you know, bravo to ESPN, bravo to, you know, uh, everybody who was involved, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, it broke records. I it mean, did. It was the most watched draft I think ever. So it was a, <laughs> it was a great thing. I, I think the perfect time that everybody needed just uh, an escape and back yeah. to some regular sports programming. So it was a hell of a time and I miss it. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, and they did, you know, I, I, and I was forecasting as well too. The numbers are going to be insane because they got a captivated audience. I mean, where are we going? I mean, this is the first major sporting uh, yeah. event that's sports related that the nation has been able to watch. And, you know, and I was expecting it to be a lot looser, a lot tougher. I mean, I was kind of, as day one went on, one of the most amazing things for me also was to watch Roger Goodell specifically, how he would drain and get more tired and his eyes would get more red. And it seemed like his speech started to slur. And then it was almost like he started to fall asleep in his chair while he's making announcements. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I was, I was, I was joking. I was like, if they would have another day in the draft, man, he just would have been in his bathrobe and his bed, just, just kicking it. You know, he, yep. he, that's what the evolution was going to. Uh, yeah. for him. But uh, no, it was uh, it was a great three days. It really was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it, and I know he was having fun with the booing as well. But I, I was. I was doing a live feed in every time the Steelers would have a pick. I'd jump on a few picks before we'd discuss who the Steelers would take and then get the reaction from me, which I'm <laughs> most of the time in this draft. I'm like, who? <laughs> right. But it was, yeah. but I mean, they, sure. they're good players and, and we're, you know, we're happy to have them. But that was another benefit from that whole experience was, you know, Steelers did not have to draft to fill any holes. I mean, they really only have one hole on offensive line, and that depends on where Matt Filer's going to play. Is he going to be the right tackle? Is he going to be the left guard? And if he goes left guard, we need the right tackle taken care of. Is Chooks and, um, you know, uh, big Zach uh, Banner going to be able to compete for that spot and, and lock that down? I mean, right. I, I'm more of the yes category there, which is probably why they're talking about moving Filer over and kind of what they did anyway when Foster got hurt 
uh, last year when they moved Filer over and then Chuk started in that right tackle spot. But uh, how do you see the competition on the line going in your opinion? No, I, I, I'm with you there. And I think that's um, you know one of the good things. You know, people, I don't, I, for some reason, I feel like the national, uh, you know, you get going on the national media on a bunch of different things, but yeah. especially with the Steelers. But, but uh, <laughs> that's one thing that I feel like they don't get enough credit for um, is, is the line. And whether that be just what they've been able to do for the last, you know, five years at least um uh, but but then also even as i've gotten older though they've been able to have people like uh filer have people like chiefs yeah. come in yep. uh, take a guy like zach banner who got cut from the colts yeah and then yeah. now all of a sudden he is is turning into what he's turning into uh for the steelers so i'm very excited about it i think mm. that they have depth I think they have options. Like I said, I think if you, you know, when you add a guy like Dotson in there as well, yeah, uh, bringing some youth and, and somebody who can fight for a position too, yeah. uh, you know, Pouncey obviously is an OG and, and, and is you know one of the best uh, to do it. Yeah, um, you know, DeCastro the same thing. I yeah, mean, holy cow! I've oh, gotcha. Talking about wearing a David DeCastro jersey for <laughs> you know, the last six years or so. I mean, oh, he's just so nice. good. Yeah, uh, but I, I love the line. I think that's one of the things. You know, I don't think Big Ben would would uh, still be playing uh, yeah. if it wasn't for them, or if it, you know, I think he would have said, uh, "If I have guys like that in front of me, maybe I should uh, hang him up." And you know, he's ready to come back, and I, I think that's large in part. I know that's large in part due to uh, what they've done with the offensive line. And the Steelers have always had a nice mix of high draft picks and undrafted draft picks playing on that offensive line. I mean, sure. obviously everybody knows when they drafted Pouncey and DeCastro, they hit home runs there. I mean, they got 10-year guys on the line just out of the draft in the first round. And But there's a lot of players that were lower. I mean, the year that they drafted um, – or they, actually, it wasn't even – they didn't even draft him. It was – a Urbic, I believe, was the the guard that they drafted that year in 2009, and their undrafted guard Ramon Foster ended up beating him out in camp. And yeah, you know, Urbic still put together a decent career, bouncing around a bit and playing some line there in the Buffalo for a bit. But uh, but both with him and both with Villanueva, who was undrafted out of um the the Philadelphia Eagles picked them up to play defensive line. Steelers played them in a game, and and I guess they were like, I think we can make an offensive tackle out of this guy. And they did. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, and, and he was a tight end in college. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it is pretty funny how, you know, you look at, you know, more of the right side of the line, it's heavy investment and it paid off. And then, like you said, left side of the line, it just goes to show. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, kudos to the to the Steelers, you know, front office, their scouting department, uh, been able to hit, uh, you know, you, you have to be able to do that in the NFL. You right? do. I mean, you're you not going to be able to pick top 15 players to fill each position and yeah. uh, to be able to get guys like that to come in and, and get the most bang for your buck there is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So how do you see the defense side of the football? I mean, really the only spot which really was not filled was nose tackle, but the Steelers really have seemed to go away from the nose completely. It's really the only pure zero tech on the team is big Dan McCullers. Everybody and, else is. Yeah. And, yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, that's, you know, I love uh, Javon Hargrave. Uh, I thought Bobble oh, was, yeah. was great. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a stud. But like you said, I mean, this isn't the Casey Hampton days of needing, uh, you know, that, that big run stuffer, that space eater and everything like that. You yeah. know, it's just 
that's the, you know, Wobble just couldn't get on the field. And it's not because of what kind of player he was. Mm. It was because, you know, when you, when you have to go into your nickel or your dime package all the time, because yeah. teams are spreading you out. Yeah. I mean, there's just not a lot of room for a guy like that. So, um, no, I'm I'm excited. I, I joked with Cam when I was interviewing him. I was like, you know, this past year, the past couple of years, it's been, you know, when he started your career, the Steelers had this flashy offense, and, yeah. and you were putting up a lot of points. And the defense has kind of just been, you know, since this last year or so. Yeah, it's been awesome as a fan to, you know, have it be, oh, it's the Steelers again. You know, they're playing defense again. And Cam was yeah. like, well, I always kind of looked at this as a defensive team, and I was yeah. like, I mean, of course you did because you're a defensive captain. And all <laughs> You know, he, I think anybody has to admit that the last year and a half, two two seasons, you know, this this defense is starting to okay. This is what we all love about the Steelers. This yes. is the Super Bowl run type of defenses. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's just so great to see to be able to have you know two edge rushers coming off you know hair yeah. on fire with TJ and Bud. Yep. Cam Hayward and hopefully Stephon Tuitt staying healthy. Mm, um, yes. I love yes. trading up to get Devin Bush. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Minka trade, obviously paying off. I mean, it's just it, at all levels. Yeah, you know, at all levels. Yep. It's the Steelers' defense again, and and it's it's very exciting. Yeah, and really killing it in free agency because for some reason they're having trouble developing corners. But I mean, having Hayden and and Nelson, Nelson killed it last year. I mean, he was fantastic, oh, yes. and Hilton as well. I love Hilton in the slot. Um, but it, so it's yeah. re- really nice to see all another of undrafted guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patriots picked him up, I think, uh, undrafted. And then we ended up getting him. And, from and that's, a, that's a guy like you mentioned, uh, with, with Ramon, um, you know, I think it's funny. It was a bummer that Sinclair's Golson's career didn't play out like we all hope. Yeah, um, yeah. but, but, but Hilton, you know, that, that he's a product of picking, uh, Golson because they were down there seeing, Sinquez Golson and then yeah. Hilton kept popping up and then, yeah. so you know we may not have gotten Sinquez but we got Mike Hilton so it all worked out <laughs> and that and that's amazing that's something that a lot of Steeler fans forget was they were college teammates and yep you, you hit the nail on the head Steelers knew the film on them because they were watching so much of the secondary work that that Golson was which is why they drafted him in the second round and unfortunately injuries just made it so he never played a down I mean every year he got hit with another season ender really, yeah really it, sad yeah yeah it was really really an unlucky career for a guy that never had an injury injury problem in college so yep. <laughs> you know what could have been who knows but like you're saying the byproduct is Hilton's on our team that's a great call yep uh, yeah for sure yeah so he's he's one of the best uh you know, blitzers at that slot corner position, and he does a great job in, in coverage for the most part, too. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. So Steelers also made a draft pick that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, it was Antoine Brooks Jr., and if you've w- watched any of his film, uh, it's more like that money backer position where he looks like he can play the slot a bit. He can play that inside linebacker and the dime and dollar, and he can play, of course, a strong safety position or maybe a support safety position as well. Um <clears throat> also talking about possibly moving Edmonds into a role like that this year. So what are your thoughts about the Steelers starting to employ a money backer? And even, oh gosh, Marcus Allen has that, uh, I guess, uh, ability as well that they could utilize out of Penn State from a few years back. Yeah, so they're trying to fill the Mark Barron role. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> it. He, he was, um, man, did he piss off me and my family and every other Steelers fan a bunch this past year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the Mark Barron signing didn't, um, didn't work out like we all, yeah. we all hoped. Um, yeah. but 
No, I mean, obviously you saw how huge it was, right? I mean, yeah. You hear it all. You hear it all the time about how the NFL is a, is a matchup league and a mismatch league. Yeah. That's who they're going to try to go after. Is that that kind of uh, in betweener position where you can get either a running back or, or a tight end that's athletic? Yeah. You know, coming out of the seam or the slot. So. Yeah. Um, I'm all for it. I don't think Terrell Edmonds has bell, ball skills worth a worth a lick. Uh, mm. I, I think you or I could go out there and deflect a pass better than Terrell Edmonds <laughs> probably could at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's just been <laughs> it's been shown time and time again. I mean, yeah, uh, I think he does some good things, but mm. in terms of when the ball is in the air, he just doesn't have a clue. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, Brooks can come in and be able to uh, to to fill that hole. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be. So something interesting, at least, to see on the defensive side. And the other uh, undrafted uh, player that we picked up, Alex Highsmith. Now, getting him in the third round, that was a yeah. a pick that I wasn't expecting, to tell you the truth. But the more that I'm watching his film, I'm liking it. I mean, he's a big-bodied guy. He was he had 4-4 speed coming out of high school. I know he tested as a 4-6, so people are saying he's slow. But if you watch his film, I mean, he looks a lot faster than what he's uh, been tested on at the Combine. Yeah, I, I again, I didn't, I I still don't really know anything about him. I saw his highlights and his stats and everything like that. So we drafted him, but yeah, um, you know, my dad, my dad's been telling me that they're really high on him, and they, I think there's a lot of good things mm-hmm. um, coming for Highsmith. Uh, I I don't know. I, I I'm more of um, you know, I I heard that with Anthony Ciccolo. You know, I, I yeah. I'm kind of. Uh, <laughs> Let's see what what he what he does or what happens before we're you know oh well if Bud wants to walk and we can just have this guy come in yeah eh. you know if that's the case then great but like I said I, I've heard that before with uh, with Anthony Ciccolo and and we saw how that kind of worked out so hoping for the best hoping that he's a stud and, you know we'll get you know eight or ten sacks if 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 he needs to and can fill in for a, a, a role somebody that we can't afford but um yeah my, my, i'm in more wait and see mode with him the at least what i like about his film is he's not a one-trick pony as a pass rusher a lot of players in college are usually get a lot of sacks with the speed rush and it's because they're faster sure. than the guy across from them that those are usually the college kids that you know get a lot of of uh, of sacks in uh, high draft uh, spots as yeah. well. But... We kind of saw that. We, we kind of we kind of saw that with Bud. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It really the the end of 2018 and and obviously 2019. He, he's just starting to put it all together because you know four five speed or whatever off the edge when you're in college. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Like you said, so that's eh, true. I mean, it can take some time. Yep. And unlike a Jarvis Jones who only had one move in college, which was. Basically, I guess wait for the <laughs> the offensive lineman to move out of the way oh. to get the quarterback. They, I mean, this guy, at least Highsmith, he's got multiple moves. He's got a stop and go. He's got a club. He's got a spin, and he's getting sacks all of those ways. So, to watch another high motor guy, I mean, I'm not saying he's the next T.J. Watt. There's only one T.J. Watt. That guy's phenomenal. But it's oh, in- yeah. it's interesting to see a guy, at least with a higher amount of pass rushing moves coming into the league than just that. Speed rush, speed rush, speed rush. For for sure. And hey, you know, you you've done a lot more homework on him than I have. That's great to hear. I'm I I, I am I'm glad that he's got those, and, and I hope he utilizes them well. Uh, you can you know, it's like pass rush. You can it's like a pitching, you know, in yeah. baseball. You, you can never have enough pitching. You can never have enough pass rush. Yep. Um, so yeah, welcome aboard, you know, and you need the number one to make the whole thing go. And that's Ben Roethlisberger coming back off of an injury. 
what are you thinking about the offense with Ben this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've published a lot of this on, on Barstool so far in my first two months there, but I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Ben apologist. <laughs> I think that people in the national media are complete idiots and just morons for their takes on Big Ben. Yeah. I am leading the Big Ben Revenge Tour 2020. <laughs> um, nice. I, I, yeah, I, I am sick and tired of the Big Ben slander. Yeah. And, and people seem to just forget that 2018, he had his best statistical season. Yeah. Before 2019, he has a freak elbow injury. And now all of a sudden, yeah. he's washed up. No, the dude is putting up numbers. Yeah. He led the league in you know, passing yards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. People, he, people seem to forget that. Yeah. People seem to forget that a lot. Um, so I, like I said, it's Big Ben Revenge Tour 2020. He is double burdened the entire league, and I'm going to be up there in the front seat with him. You feel free to join me as well. Uh, he, he, he is. He, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. I think that he's going to, you know, uh, James Washington improved in his time. Yeah. Uh, in his second year without Big Ben there. And, yeah. You know, that's saying a lot. Having to catch passes from Mason and Duck, I love him. Yeah. Um, I know, <laughs> you know, uh, so you have a healthy juice coming back. You have James Washington, you have Deontay Johnson. Yep. who was one of the best rookies in the league last year. Yep. Somebody who has the potential to really pop off. Yeah. Chase Claypool, big body like that. You sign Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't realize yeah. everything. They don't realize the storm that's coming their way. And I'm glad that they don't. And big Ben's going to be leading that tour. And I'm excited as hell about it. And, and you have, multiple ways to attack out of the backfield like you were saying as well you've got James Conner who's the workhorse who can do the the pass and running out of the backfield you've got Jalen Samuels who I think is our best receiving uh running back on the team and shades of uh Le'Veon Bell the way he catches the football thought he was actually going to be a slot receiver in the NFL but the Steelers actually turned him into an actual running back but then you have Snell coming in on short yardage doing the tough yardage and this new guy with with uh Anthony McFadden McFarland sorry Anthony McFarland, he's looks to me, film wise, like watching fast Willie Parker, but a little bit more wiggle and but he's strong like Willie Parker was too. He could break some tackles. Yeah, kind of that that, that put your foot in the ground, you know, cut cut and go um yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. And, you know, somebody with a speed like that. Um I I think that Connor is kind of the do it all, you know. He, he's got he's got speed. Mm-hmm. He's a tough runner. Mm-hmm. He's your kind of more every down back. But then you bring in a guy like Mike Farland, like you said. Yeah, he's that kind of change of taste. Like, oh, here we go. That speed's going to hit you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that that all goes into the option that he has. Um. Sorry, I was getting a phone call. On <laughs> okay. The <other> line. Um, <laughs> cool. No, you're good. Sorry, yeah. but sorry about that. No, it's all good. Um. No, and then you know, hopefully Vance and Donald can stay healthy opposite of Ebon as well. I yes, mean, you know, big big Vance guy and thinks that he you know provides a lot of mismatches and does a lot of good things too, especially when Big Ben's back there and is healthy. So all in all, I mean, we already you know, I already mentioned how excited I am about the defense. But yeah. like I said, everybody get on board with me. Big Ben Revenge Tour 2020. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be huge. And like you're talking, we just discussed nine options for Big Ben to throw to this year and I really really hope they're going to utilize a lot more input from uh is it Matt Canada the the new quarterback coach uh just came in yes just came in from uh University of Maryland a few years ago he was at he actually coached uh, McFarland during his huge year and what I right. really like about his style of offense is something that I've always loved is 
you know, run the same sets out of the run different sets out of the same look. So the other team does not know what you're doing. And I don't sure. know if that's triggered at the line of scrimmage or if, if Ben wants to option to something else. It's easy for everybody to transition to, but it's really tough for a defense to cue on something when it's run out of the same set. They think it's going to be the running play, and they but oh, go, come on up for the run, and then boom, it's a pass. Opposite, too, and he was also right. a big guy on pre-snap. So if you're moving people around pre-snap, starting off with Ebron in the slot and then moving him in motion out wide, so now you got a, a five-foot-eight corner on this guy, I mean, that's <laughs> those are the those are the types sure. of mismatches as a Steeler fan that I was always expecting from, uh, you know, our, our most recent addition to uh, offensive coordinator. Why is he slipping my mind right now? Um, but uh, yeah, Randy. Yeah. Fichtner. Yeah. Randy. Fichtner. Randy. Yeah. Fichtner. And, and he was, I thought, in his first year, I thought he did a fantastic job of moving stuff around and getting the right personnel matchups. But I think with the injuries last year, it was much more difficult to bring specific personnel matchups onto the field and combined also with less experience at quarterback to be able to distribute and read those those open options quickly. So, you know, I, I can give him a little bit of a pass from last year, obviously, from not having been there. But, like, I'm on board. I'm I'm on your train for the revenge tour, the Big Ben revenge tour this year. Because Love I, it. I, I especially for him – I always thought he had the potential to be an MVP in this league. He's led the league in passing twice, so they don't give him really credit for the one that he tied with, um, um, what was that, Peyton? No, not Peyton. Um, Drew Brees. Brees. Yeah, tied with Drew Brees yeah. that one year. So it's like it's like he really didn't win it because it's like, oh, Drew Brees won it. It's like, well, they had the exact right. same yardage. <laughs> they both led the league in, in passing. <laughs> but But this year, I mean, I really see comeback player of the year as a – attainable goal for Ben and I think that's the goal that he wants on ultimately ending with a Lombardi Super Bowl would be his his uh his ultimate to give have number seven bring number seven back to Pittsburgh yeah yeah no for sure that'd be the dream and you know I, I wrote how I, I feel like you know we're, we're kind of coming full circle here for Big Ben's career right when he, when he started out you know he was um you know the gunslinger playmaker guy and, and uh you know did what he did did what he had to do to make some plays to win the game while he had killer defenses. Uh Um, And I feel like now we're we're able to do that as well. He can come full circle with his career. He can ride off in the sunset, hopefully in the next couple of years, he has a a stellar defense on the other side now to assist him to where he doesn't have to put up 34 points a game. You know, he he can make a play here or there uh, with the options that he has to, um, to be, still be Big Ben, but then you know to to allow uh, you know the left hook with the defense to come in and do its job too. So I, I, I'm really really excited about it, man. I'm ready for uh, July, hopefully to, to get here and we can have training camp and, and get this thing going. Nice, man. Now I'm going to take a couple questions that we got from Steeler Nation for you. Uh, slash Steel okay. writes in and he says, off the top of your head, can you think of a good nickname for Claypool? Good nickname for Claypool. Well, I've been seeing it. It's been going around. Um, I don't know if it's just uh, – you can't really consider this just for Claypool, but mm-hmm. uh, 7-Eleven because he's going to be 11. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Always open with uh, Big Ben. So 7-Eleven, I th- I'd yeah. say that's uh, – yeah, that, yeah, that's some potential there to really start working if, uh, you know, that connection – when that connection starts to pop off, you know, him and, him and Big Ben, 7-Eleven, always open ready to go now have you heard the nickname for him i've just read this on the internet yesterday some people were giving him the nickname mapletron 
comparing him to Megatron <laughs> and being Canadian. <laughs> He's a Canadian. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty good. Uh, uh, I give it a for a for creativity. <laughs> uh, let's give an NA on on you know. Let's just you don't want to curse him or anything. Let's make sure that he comes in and, yeah. and, and does a good job before we start throwing out the Megatron. Definitely. Comparison. Definitely not going to compare him to yeah. a, uh, a, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer yet before we see him play. Right. So one sure. one more question from Slash. He wanted to know, what is the funniest thing you have ever experienced in your life? Funniest thing I've ever experienced? Mm. Oh, um... <laughs> okay. Here's a little... Uh-huh. This is a tie-in to, to Pittsburgh for everybody. Um, may not be the funniest, but it was uh, it, it, it just popped into my head right now. Um, so, a little background: me and my family we try to make it to Pittsburgh every year for at least one game at Heinz. Yeah. Um, and so, five years ago, uh, my youngest sister, who now is seventeen, so she'd have been eleven or twelve at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, me, my middle sister, my mom, my dad are, are diehard Steelers fans, football fans. I mean, we, you know, Steelers games are our church on Sunday. But my youngest sister somehow is the exact opposite. Like she <laughs> she could not care about football any uh. less. She doesn't care about the Steelers. But, you know, she's a young kid, so we had to take her with us on this trip. Yeah. So we're it's – it's a Saturday before the game, mm. and we're up at um, – the point, not the point. Uh, what, what's the, the incline? We're at the incline. Yeah. Um, and we've gotten up to the top of the incline and Mount we're looking Washington. out over over P- the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And our, my youngest sister, again, who's like 11 at the time, mm-hmm. hates football, hates the Steelers, doesn't care at all. She looks out and she sees the stadium, and she says, "There's no roof." <laughs> she didn't. She didn't realize. <laughs> she didn't realize that Heinz didn't have a roof. It was uh, late October when we were there. It was cold. Oh. She was not happy about not being a roof. Uh, so uh, not maybe not the funniest, but off the top of my head, it's something that we always joke about and how uh, disappointed she was that, uh, and, and the fact that she didn't know that that Heinz Field didn't didn't have a roof. So. Oh, that's... Um, yeah, little little Steeler story for you. Though. That's great though. Maybe family stories are always the best stories, and they're always the one. Even when you're a comedian, they are always the one that tend to resonate as being the funniest experiences of your life, especially with a good yeah. family environment. <laughs> exactly. We still give her crap for it today, so <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. Is there anything else you want to touch on about the Steelers? Um, I don't think so, man. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm writing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, on barstoolsports.com uh, about the Steelers. Yeah, uh, I'm taking it upon myself to kind of be our voice there for for that company uh, with the Steelers. So check out all that. Um, like you said off the top, mm-hmm. you know, just at Joey Molinero on social media. Yep. And, um, we can interact about the Steelers or Star Wars or whatever on there. So <laughs> that's about it. Nice. Are, are you planning on moving to New York City? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. Um, I don't know when. Yeah, I know. We're, 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 we were going to, you know, at the end of this month or beginning of June originally, but um, obviously that's not happening. Yeah. So just kind of just up in the air right now. Well, you and your family stay safe. And honestly, thanks a lot for joining our podcast today. We really appreciate it, Joey. I mean, you've been great. You've been funny. Absolutely. And, and we'd, <laughs> anytime you want to come promote something, something talk Steelers, we would be happy to have you back. 
Yes, same to you. Uh, like I said, Big Ben Revenge Tour. Everybody get on board. It's happening uh, in 2020. Uh, you stay safe as well, and um, go Steelers. Cheers. Go Steelers. Guys, you got to check out Joey Molinero at Barstool Sports. Also got to check him out on Twitter and Instagram at Jolie Molinero. That's J-O-E-Y-M-U-L-I-N-A-R-O. Come on over then to SteelerNation.com for the best forum and Steeler news on the internet, as well as our podcast, which you can also subscribe to at Apple Podcasts. Tweet us at SteelerNation, Instagram us at SteelerNation.com, or follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SNStriker, Striker is spelled with a Y, on both platforms. Thanks for joining us at the SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G. Striker, with Joey Molinero, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!